When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. The Zone. Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, wherever you are this morning, take it easy out there. Uh, Even if it looks like there's nothing that's developed overnight, you might be surprised by an icy spot or two. I'm Pam Yonke. Glad to have you in on a Tuesday morning. Yeah, today is going to be one of those days where it will change dependent on where you are. Everybody's still under a winter storm advisory, at least as we get started today. Uh, Overnight, there was some snow accumulations in certain areas and ice that uh, is showing up this morning in others. For today, we're going to look for that wintry mix to continue. 25 are expected high for today. Tomorrow, clouds and 20 degrees. Thursday, some afternoon snow showers possible. 21 are expected high. I'm going to let Stumacher, ag meteorologist, give you all the weather details in about 15 minutes. John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Penn, is going to be joining us this morning. Right now, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down more than 300 points, so there will be plenty to talk about when it comes to the markets. We all know that agriculture is constantly changing. Be a part of the conversation. I'm moderating a program Wednesday, February 23rd at the Fox Valley Technical College in Appleton, just off Highway 41. Seeking a sustainable future, climate change and farming. We'll have the top speakers from across the state focused in on what agriculture can do to mitigate climate change. See the program and get registered today at wisbusiness.com. Just $20 for the program and lunch wisbusiness.com one of the more active colleges of agriculture in wisconsin at our four-year universities is up at uw river falls college of agriculture food and environmental sciences bob bosold here at the northern end of the world's longest barn and uh, they not only have a lot of uh, on campus but off campus interaction not only in western wisconsin but uh, all across the country but they start on campus and aaron You found a program and a project that they've got started there that really is helping people both on and off the campus. Yeah, definitely, Bob. And, you know, when you're thinking about being in that part of Wisconsin with lots of farms and lots of food around, you're not not necessarily thinking about food insecurity. But actually, nearly one-third of university students across the nation face food insecurity. Aaron Zimmerman here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I had the chance to talk with Kathleen Hunzer. She's a staff member at UW-River Falls who's been essential at starting what they call Freddy's Pantry. It's an on-campus food pantry that serves students, staff members, and faculty that may be in need. They said that anybody can use it, no questions asked, and they want to be able to provide meals to help students continue to be focused, be able to let them get meals in between classes when they need to, and maybe even some personal items if needed as well. So the food pantry on campus got started by a student advisory committee for our College of Animal Food and Environmental Sciences, or as we call them, cafes. And so they noticed the need for students to get, be able to get some food because, you know, a lot of students lost their jobs during COVID or their hours were cut. And so they literally got a bookshelf, put it in the Agricultural Sciences Building, and just put some donated food on it. And then from there, um, Blair, who was in charge of it, then connected with the River Falls Food Pantry, 
who then help them stock it. And so pretty much as soon as food goes on it over there, then food is taken. So that was spring 2021. But not a lot of people knew about it because it was over in a building where if you don't have classes, you don't get. And so a small group of our students in a communication studies class, independent study, started exploring the issue of food insecurity on campus. And so they came up with um, a report about why we needed to expand the program. And so we saw that report. And on this other side of campus, because we're the opposite end, we all work in Rodley who are involved. And Rodley Hall is our building for student success. And so we started thinking, well, this would be a great place for another branch. And so what we did was um, we created on this side of campus a food pantry. It's also a personal needs pantry. And then, um, so basically we built off of what was already on campus, which Cafe started, which was awesome. And so now we're just expanding it to both sides of campus. So now we kind of have a system of Freddy's Pantry West and Freddy's Pantry East. And um, I'm helping with the East side. And the great thing about the East side Freddy's Pantry is that we have a refrigerator, freezer, and a microwave. So we can have fresh or frozen and perishable foods as well as dry goods. And then if students want to make something right there and eat it on the way to class, they can. And so we're trying to specialize on our side into take and go so that students can get a meal on the way to class so they can concentrate better. So that's kind of how it all got started. The other reason I got involved was I wanted to create a leadership experience for our honor students who all have to do volunteer work. And so the eventual goal is that um, after I get things going and manage the startup process, the students will be managing everything. They'll be helping with marketing. They'll be helping with grant writing. They'll be helping with stocking and restocking and data collection and all, just so that the honor students have this amazing leadership experience to talk about in the future. Now, you know, you talk about that there was some research done, I guess, to prove the need and find, you know, why it was so important. And I guess that's probably not always something that people necessarily think about is that, yeah, college students may be in need of this. Let's talk about some of the things, I guess, that they found and why it was such an essential thing to add to campus. So nationwide, food insecurity for college students has been discussed for quite a while. And, you know, there's this myth that all college students come to campus. They live on campus. They get a meal plan. They're eating three meals, two meals a day, something like that. They've got bonus dollars they can spend at the convenience store. And while that's true for many students, you know, up to 30 to 40 percent of the students we polled last year said that, you know, they don't have food on a daily basis or they eat less to make their money stretch or there's some days they don't have any money. And so the the insecurity on campus is something that's it's almost a hidden issue on college campuses but not hidden much longer because most college campuses across the country are now recognizing this and having food and personal need pantries. So it's just a matter of getting people aware of the fact that college students also have need, especially, for example, our students who live off campus and don't have a food plan. It's all on them. And so it's just a matter of it's a trend in the country. You know, across the country, I think one in three college students has some kind of need food insecurity, personal needs insecurity. And so when we heard that, you know, up to 30 or 40 percent of the students polled in our latest National Collegiate Health Assessment had need, we just wanted to do something about it. Definitely. And those, I guess those statistics would lead you to believe that, you know, it is definitely a need. Now that I guess you have the two pantry locations and it's been going for a while, 
What kind of response have you seen on campus? Have you seen quite a few students coming in for things? I guess with your data collection, what have you found so far? So um, we've only been open probably about a week where we've been tracking because we had to wait for the computer to arrive and all that kind of stuff. But we have seen, you know, a couple dozen students coming and going. The um, I was just talking to the person who's in charge of the egg sci food shelf. And she said that pretty much there was one point where as soon as they put anything out, it was gone. And so so the need is is there and it is great and students are using it. But, you know, we have to recognize, too, that, the, you know, the way we publicize things in the country, is there's also a lot of shame attached to asking for help or needing help. So our primary goal with the Freddy's Food Pantry, especially in um, on the Rodley side, is dignity. It gives people a chance to... Recognize they need assistance, but treat them with dignity. Now, looking at the side of, you know, for people wondering maybe how they could get involved to help with the food pantry or contribute, those kind of things. What kind of things are you looking for as far as that, you know, to make it continue to keep running? That's a really great question. Um, One of the things you should always do when you're setting up a food pantry on a college campus is to set up some kind of fiduciary partner. And so on our college campus, we have our foundation that does all of our charitable giving and and donation seeking. And so they were gracious enough to pair with us. And so they created an account through our foundation website where people can donate just to Freddie's Pantry. And we've already gotten a a number of really gracious donations. Um, One of our graduates, Manly Olson from 1959, gave us a a very nice donation to buy personal care items to have in stock. Another one of our donors, um, Donette Wheelock from Mankato, she was an alumni. She gave us some money to get started. One of our employees in our student support services, Rose Rood, is connected with the Lions Club, and so they're donating money. And so we've already had faculty donate money and staff. I mean, I think it's just a matter of we had to get it out there that there is this need, and we are a campus that cares about our students. I mean, we love our students. And so just seeing the support we're already getting is really impressive because it just demonstrates how much the students are a key to our success. Definitely. Well, and being a past student of UW-River Falls, too, I definitely can, you know, felt that sense of community being there as well. Well, anything else that you'd like to add about the pantry, you know, things students should know, things supporters should know, or anybody else? Well, I mean, if, if anybody's listening who can needs to use the pantry, one thing to note is since we are funded by private donations and not on a grant, we also are able to serve faculty and staff also who are experiencing difficulties because right now is a really tough time, and so we're not we're not just focusing on students. We're foci- focusing on our campus community. Uh, we're open from 9 to 9. We're in Rodley Hall. Sometimes a student assistant will be sitting at the desk and will say hi and have you log in. The usage statistics we're tracking are not tracking the people, but tracking the usage and the hours that people are there, different things, so we can adjust our services as needed. So I don't want, if students are listening to this and they say, oh, I don't want them to be tracking me, you scan once, it's just their student ID. We are not going to be, you know, bugging them. We just want to make sure we're providing the services they need. And so I would say that if if people want to donate, right now we're not doing food donations because we're not exactly sure what we need. We're just getting all of our food from the River Falls Food Pantry. We got our initial 600 pounds from them. And they're an amazing resource. So 
So the best bet right now would be monetary donations because we can make dollars go much farther than food donations. It sounds like an awesome program to support those students there at UW River Falls. Well, again, here with Kathleen Hunzer. She is involved at UW River Falls with Freddy's Pantry, their food pantry for students, faculty, and staff to help fight food insecurity. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Wisconsin Farm Bureau is an exciting organization because it has a plethora of opportunities for young farmers and agriculturists, specifically a young farmer and agriculturist program for members ages 18 to 35, where you can learn about leadership development, advocating for agriculture, and network with your peers. WFBF.com. You'll learn so much. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual provides all lines of insurance, including commercial, farm, home, and auto. And your premiums stay right here to keep Wisconsin strong. Local agents, local underwriters, local claims adjusters. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. So I became a Farm Bureau member almost 20 years ago to be part of the state's largest egg advocacy group. Plenty of opportunities within Farm Bureau for somebody that's involved in agriculture, whether to grow their leadership or to help be a leader in an industry that we have a great passion for. WFBF.com. They've really helped my leadership develop. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. You want new floors, but you're not sure if you can do it yourself. With Wiseway Flooring designers and technicians, you'll have the knowledge and confidence to complete the job for a fraction of what you might think. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our helpful hints might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. Because we know your barn smells like money. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Goodness gracious, wherever you are this morning, if you have to venture out, I don't care if it's going out to milk cows or if it's walking the dog, going to get the mail, taking the garbage out, whatever it is, be careful. Time to talk weather. And Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, is at center stage today because literally it depends really where you are this morning on what type of precipitation you're coming up against. Me coming into the office this morning, I mean, it's one of those mornings where if I didn't have to be here, I wouldn't be here because uh, the roads are deceiving. In Madison, it looks fine, and then you hit the brakes and you're through the intersection. So you really got to exercise caution today. Yep, there is a slick cover almost everywhere of course we're still all under the winter weather advisory until 6 p.m today and of course that low pressure system is down around oh call it southeast iowa northeast missouri western illinois this morning the front's still drawn up near the southeast corner of wisconsin snow still kind of scattering far northwest wisconsin back to eastern south dakota all across minnesota and then the rain and some of that freezing rain in Illinois, far southeast Wisconsin, 
I know there's a power outage in far southeast Wisconsin this morning, even in the Milwaukee area, because of some of that ice and things that have been around. That low is still going to pass off to our south today, and that will lead to some occasional freezing rain or a little sleet, and even some snow in southern Wisconsin. Snow may not be around until late today. Lacrosse, it could happen a little sooner. In fact, I'd say lacrosse could accumulate up to an inch or so of snow, a little lighter even at Boston, and then only very light snow further east and south. But that little mix of freezing drizzle, sleet, and that kind of stuff, still the possibility, still meaning very slippery, and you're going to find out how slippery it is, like Pam said, once you get out. That's the kind of activity in store for today. The low then pulls off to our east, heading up to southeast Canada. Precipitation ends overnight. That's great news. Skies even clear a little bit, but it stays a whole lot colder on toward Wednesday and still colder by Thursday. Thursday, another small system passes just to our south, they account for just a little light snow Thursday, maybe in the afternoon or into Thursday night, a new dusting of accumulation on top of what still could be a little icy situation. May add a little slipperiness as we head toward the end of the week. We do dry it out after that. And believe it or not, temperatures began to moderate. I'd look toward the start of the weekend, at least, when highs could be getting back to just about normal Keep in mind, those normals should be up oh, about 34, 35 degrees for a daytime high. So here we are in the 20s and even colder tomorrow. That's well below normal, but things will change. I'll have forecast details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. <laughs> so we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a zero dollar energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All righty, Stu, you and I were talking about uh, some of the road problems that are out there. A lot of schools canceled already this morning. It's just going to be one of those days. It's going to be one of those slippery. If you have to get out and about, use extreme caution. If you don't have to get out, probably smarter not to. The winter weather advisory in effect until 6 p.m. tonight. And expect during the day with cloudy skies, especially in the southeast, call it third of Wisconsin, some freezing rain and sleet that will mix with or change to some snow. That could happen already this morning at La Crosse and more likely in the afternoon, the further you head east and south. Like I said, La Crosse, an inch or two of snow may accumulate much lighter elsewhere. Temps today. Still near the mid-20s, maybe a low 20 at La Crosse early this morning, not rising much. And the northeast and north winds, 5 to 15, still could gust up to 25 or so. All the precipitation ends. Clouds may even clear a little later tonight. Single digits for lows with the northwest winds at 5 to 15. Partly sunny Wednesday, a little improvement. Upper teens, though, a cold day. North winds at 5 to 15. 
Thursday, mostly cloudy. Some of that snow could move in. A little light snow, maybe an inch again. Back up into the lower mid-20s, if you will. The northeast winds at 5 to 10. Snow ends by Friday, later Friday, Pam. And at least we get a little break. The weekend should dry out. Well, that is good. I I hope for that to come quick. Very good. We'll catch up with you tomorrow, too, and see what it looks like in the rearview mirror, okay? Uh, you bet. Be careful. Yeah, no kidding. Stu our ag meteorologist, along with us. Like you said, be careful. In fact, if you are planning on heading out, if you've got to leave home, make sure that you're double-checking the Wisconsin road condition. Uh, the 511 was showing that I-3990 was uh, closed north of Highway 26 because of an accident. Uh, Stu was telling me that I-43 over by Sheboygan closed as well because of incidents. Be careful. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Watch some great hockey and support Madison Area Crime Stoppers on Friday, February 25th at 7.05 p.m. when the Madison Capitals take on the Cedar Rapid Rough Riders. Participate in a 50-50 raffle with 50% of the proceeds going to Madison Area Crime Stoppers. Bring your kids to meet McRuff the Crime Dog. Watch Middleton Police Department's Chief Troy Hellenbrand drop the ceremonial first puck. You can purchase your game tickets at tickets.madcapshockey.com. Madison Area Crime Stoppers is a nonprofit organization that partners with Dane County residents, law enforcement agencies, and media partners to prevent and solve crimes in our community. If you have any information about criminal activity in Dane County, you can submit a tip anonymously by calling 608-266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. If your tip leads to an arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. As we move into the cold winter months, you may notice drafts around your windows and doors. Now is the time to let Prairie Exteriors give you a full, free inspection and show you what new windows and doors can do for the health of your family and your home. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. PrairieExteriors.com How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. At Tom's Auto Center, we like to say we're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Because we're one of the largest independent auto shops in the area. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. With 12 bays and a lively group of highly skilled mechanics, we're able to do just that. Tom'sAutoCenter.com. Tom's Auto Center. We're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Off 
Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Hi, this is Dave Gary with the Princeton Clubs. Since 1987, my team and I have had a couple of goals. Make it really simple for everyone to get started with fitness and keep our world-class facilities available at affordable rates. Well, we've done just that. And over 35 years, I've learned one really important thing. It all starts with you. If you'll decide now is the time to get in shape, we'll help you get there. I promise. At the Princeton Clubs, there's no joining fee. We keep our clubs open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and include free childcare. Our world-class facilities offer almost everything possible and are meticulously cleaned and maintained. We provide an amazing environment to help motivate you, and more importantly, it allows you to feel comfortable while you're improving your health. Now, more than ever, taking care of our bodies, both physically and mentally, it's so important. Come see why we've been voted Madison's best and favorite health club year after year, the Princeton Club, for a better tomorrow. To activate a free trial pass, go to PrincetonClub.net. Rock Bottom Press is going to roll them out the door. You got to go to Goldman, you get more. Goldman Cars, rock and roll. Goldman Cars, you got to go to Goldman. having a huge winter sale with the largest selection of vehicles under $15,995 or $249 per month. That's right, don't miss out on our winter sale with the best selection of SUVs, cars, or vans under $15,995 or $249 per month. We have one of the largest selections of inventory in Dane County with over 500 vehicles in stock. Goldman Cars has been family owned and operated for over 50 years. So just come on in and ask for me, Crystal the Pistol Goldman. East side, west side, used cars, used trucks, discount deals, find them here. Goldman Cars, you gotta go to Goldman, GoldmanCars.com. Zach Heilprin. When I see him, I see just hearts and rainbows and shooting stars. The opposite of when Juan Howard sees Greg Gard and Joe Krabinoff. Zach, good morning, my friend. How are we doing today? Excited to be part of the drive-by media. <laughs> yes, yes. So, Zach, you were at the Kohl Center yesterday. Uh, first, let's just get to uh, what's being overshadowed. What an incredible game from the Wisconsin Badgers. Before we talk Juwan Howard, can we talk about what actually happened in the game itself, Zach? What a, half, what a second half. I mean, they, they go down 38-33, and they run, run off a 23-3 run, including Johnny Davis, you know, finishing a 9-0 run by himself to close that thing out. It was uh, a really, really impressive performance from them uh, in the second half. I thought it was a really good win against a desperate Michigan team that obviously was pretty emotional. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was a great win. Johnny Davis, another player of the year type performance, Big Ten player of the year, national player of the year performance, and a game that Wisconsin absolutely needed, and they came through. It was, I mean, that's that was the story of the day until – and here we go until Jawan Howard. So Zach, um, where the where the media is, you you drive by guys. Where the media is, you guys, where what's your vantage point? Because you're up a couple rows. What's your vantage point to what had happened? So we're on the second level and across and it was across the court. So opposite side of the court and in the second level. So initially couldn't see a lot, but obviously we have the monitors up there. You can see and I. I was uh, typing out the, the game tweet, and all of a sudden I looked up and was like, oh. And I grabbed my camera or grabbed my phone and, and started recording and got some of the punches that were thrown by I the players. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's difficult to see exactly what happened. And then you go back and look on the monitor, and it's pretty clear what happened. And, um, 
you know, we got a better explanation afterwards as to why certain people felt a certain way. It doesn't change anything no. for me. Juwan, uh, what Juwan Howard said to me, because, uh, you know, I was looking at your Twitter account as Zach Heilprin because you're posting the videos, and then I was, like, listening to the audio afterwards. What Juwan Howard was saying to me was a, a web of lies up there. It was uh, his own truth of some fiction that he was throwing out there uh, compared to what Guard was talking about. That's just my opinion. No what would you say? No press. No press. The way we were pressing. Like, I thought it was, it was a great follow-up question by Jim Polzin. They were, they were upset that Wisconsin called a timeout to extend the game. Well, then why the hell are you pressing? Why are you following? Why are you uh, going, and why do you still have starters in the game? Like, this is what you're trying to do. If you're trying to end the game as quickly as possible, that's not what you do. You let Wisconsin run the clock out, and that's not what they allowed them to do. They pressed them. They got up in their face. They tried to force turnovers against Carter Gilmore. Who Carter lost and, his shoe, uh, by the way. Carter Higginbottom lost his shoe. Oh, yeah. Uh, Excuse me. Higginbottom lost his shoe. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> come on now. And, and a couple of those guys around the court were like, McDonald's All-Americans. At least one of them was McDonald's All-American. Like, what are you doing? And you come into the post-game press conference and you pull that BS? Come on. That's, that, it was a terrible look. It's a terrible look no, for Juwan Howard of Michigan. It's awful. It's, horrible. it's terrible. It's a horrible look. It's a horrible look. And he needs to be held accountable for what he did. Like, if, And the other thing is, if he had such a huge issue with Greg Gard's issue, why didn't he hit Greg Gard? Why, did he, why, after getting pulled back by his team, did he come over the top and hit Joe Krabenhoff? Now, have like, you heard of anything that was said with Krabenhoff and Juwan Howard? Have you heard if it was no. said or anything? Yeah, that's no. what I figured. No, no. And uh, Juwan Howard's the only one that threw at Joe Krabenhoff. Yeah. And he, he wasn't even – and, like, Joe wasn't even – again, we don't know what was all happening there, but do you, you think if Joe said something to the point – you know, that some people have suggested that others wouldn't be going after him. Correct. Like they, 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 it didn't happen. No, Anybody it did not. <clears throat> There's everyone there. The everyone is there. No. They all would yes. hear it. So, exactly. um, Zach, uh, a lot of people want to, you know, blame, not a lot. I think there's a small faction of people I should correct myself. Want to blame Greg Gard for instigating this. Zach, Greg Gard is in his full right to call the timeout again the subs are in carter gilmore or i'm sorry carter higginbottom loses a shoe beforehand uh he is in his full right because there's four seconds left to get the ball past half court correct so if you call a timeout you get a fresh 10 seconds correct correct i don't think juan howard knew that rule it was it was a it was a subtle dig by guard in the post game saying maybe he didn't know the rule uh i don't think he did yeah i i I would not be surprised if he did either. Did not either. I mean, he's only been in college basketball for three years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's got a really good assistant coach in Phil Martelli that I think that plays a huge role in, in the coaching aspect of it. But I, here's the thing. Um, not saying that Juwan Howard is not a, uh, a good coach, even though I think on paper which suggests he's not. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, you're going to want to hang on to something today because regardless of where you are in Wisconsin, some kind of precipitation probably greeting you this morning. It could be a thin sheet of ice, could be a little heavier sheet of ice, could be snow. Uh, Today, that is going to be the wintry pattern we're going to experience all day long. 
25 are expected daytime highs today. Tomorrow, cloudy skies and 20 degrees. Glad you're along with us. I'm PM Yankee, by the way. And don't forget, John Heinberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Fortunately, he is warm and comfy in his home this morning. He'll be giving us an update on what's going on with the markets. I mentioned to you earlier, Dow Jones Industrial Average right now down more than 300 points, but our commodities are strong. So John will give us the latest on that. Today, of course, is the 22nd day of February. Let's just focus in on weather-related issues, all right? On this day back in 2011, 185 people were killed during an earthquake in Christchurch, New Zealand. Remember that one? Magnitude 6.3, one of the highest intensities ever recorded in an urban area. Christchurch, New Zealand, and that earthquake, 185 people died on this day back in 2011. And here's an interesting one. On this day in 1922, there was an ice storm that wreaked havoc here in Wisconsin. Unprecedented freezing rain and snow that came across the Midwest February 21st through the 23rd. Here in Wisconsin, the central and southern parts of the state were most severely affected. Counties between Lake Winnebago and Lake Michigan, south to Racine, got the hardest. Uh, Ice-coated trees and power lines brought power lines down, cut off people's electricity, telephone, and telegraph services. Cities were isolated. Roads were impassable. Rivers rose. Streets and basements flooded. And train service stopped. Near Little Shoot, a passenger train went off the rails, injuring some crew members. In Appleton, they had 150 stranded traveling salesmen. Near Plymouth, a sheet of river ice, 35 feet long and nearly 3 feet thick, washed onto the riverbank. In Sheboygan, police rescued a flock of chickens and ducks from their flooded coop and a sick woman from her flooded home. Icy streets caused automobile accidents, but the only reported deaths were a team of horses in Appleton that were electrocuted by a fallen power line. But this all happened on this day back in 1922 across the state of Wisconsin. So maybe we should be grateful for the minimal stuff that we've got out there this morning. But now you know. Well, we continue our celebration of National FFA Week this week, focusing in on some of the unique challenges today's blue and gold is facing. Stephanie Hoff joins us this morning with a story about DeForest FFA. Formerly made up largely of farm kids today, not the case. Stephanie? Happy National FFA Week. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, and I'm certainly excited to celebrate an organization where students can develop strong leadership skills early on. One of those young leaders in agriculture is Natalie Henson. She's the president of the DeForest FFA chapter. And Natalie, your chapter this week is really showcasing everything agriculture has to offer to a primarily suburban student population. Why don't you first tell me about your FFA chapter? Yeah, so our FFA chapter is an affiliated chapter. We have about 300 members. Currently, we only have six students that are from farms, so we are starting to get, um, with our FFA chapter, more towards a suburban or an urban um, population versus a rural, um, more farm community. And Natalie, we should mention that you are one of those six students that live on a farm. Tell me how you kicked off National FFA Week. We're doing an ice cream theme. So we're doing Chef's Ice Cream is supported us in getting ice cream, and we're going to sell that during um, advisory and lunch period for our entire school, as well as we are doing Community Kit Handout, which is something that we started during COVID, and it's basically a craft or a kit that we hand out to the local community members so that their kids have a chance to have something to do at home. And this 
month we did a national FFA week theme for National FFA week. And we are doing FFA bracelets. And then we're doing some things surrounding corn and the production of corn. So we're going to do a fact sheet about corn. Um, We're going to have them do a little craft making a lamp that looks like corn out of a water bottle. And then we're going to send them home with some soil and a corn seed so they can uh, plant their own corn plants. Natalie Henson is a junior in high school serving as the president of her chapter. And she speaks so passionately about what the DeForest FFA is up to. And keep in mind, they haven't had a National FFA Week celebration in a few years because of the pandemic. But she says this year, kids will be in person to get excited about careers in agriculture. And this week could boost interest in egg classes or FFA membership. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. Being a member owner pays at Compure Financial. As a farm credit cooperative, Compure's member owners share in the profits. And this year, member owners will receive $202 million back in patronage. Talk with your local Compure team to learn more or visit compure.com backslash patronage. Compure Financial ACA is an equal credit opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. Patronage allocations, redemptions, and payments remains at the discretion of the board of directors based on a combination of factors, including the risk in portfolio, earnings, and current capital position. 2022, all rights reserved. We all know that agriculture is constantly changing. Be a part of the conversation. I'm moderating a program Wednesday, February 23rd at the Fox Valley Technical College in Appleton, just off Highway 41. Seeking a sustainable future, climate change and farming. We'll have the top speakers from across the state focused in on what agriculture can do to mitigate climate change. See the program and get registered today at wisbusiness.com. Just $20 for the program and lunch. Wisbusiness.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Wisconsin winters are a polarizing experience. You either love them or you want to leave them. Be sure to enter the Rural Mutual Insurance Love It or Leave It sweepstakes, where each week you can win prizes by voting for the things you love and dread about winter. Visit us at ruralmutual.com to vote. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Wisconsin Farm Bureau is an exciting organization because it has a plethora of opportunities for young farmers and agriculturists, specifically a young farmer and agriculturist program for members ages 18 to 35, where you can learn about leadership development, advocating for agriculture, and network with your peers. WFBF.com. You'll learn so much. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. All right, we're talking markets with John Heinberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend in just a moment. Dow Jones Industrial Average catching my attention this morning, down more than 350 points, but our commodities are double digits stronger overnight. March corn's up 15 cents, December new crop up 6 at 6.04. March soybeans are up 27 cents, November new crop up 15 right now at 14.79. March wheat's up 24 cents, July new crop up 22 at 8.23 a bushel. March milk closed a nickel stronger at 2240 a hundredweight. April milk was down a nickel, 2281 a hundredweight. All right, like I said, coming up next, our friend John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us live for an update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. When we say we're the concrete producing company that contractors rely on, it's because they know we produce our own superior ready-mix products that endure the Wisconsin elements and our family stands behind the long-lasting performance. Add one of our unique products to your next project. 
Producing concrete foundations to maintain concrete relationships. Some of America's bravest warriors are returning home wounded. Here's one of them. My name is Norberto Lara. While I was on a combat patrol, a rocket propelled grenade took my arm off at the shoulder. I was discharged from the Army, and I've been working with the Wounded Warrior Project since 2007. They don't have to be severely wounded. A lot of guys have post-traumatic stress disorder. Being able to share your story kind of helps you wrap your mind around what did happen over there. My name is Norby, and yes, I do suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, but I'm okay. Don't suffer in silence. Contact WoundedWarriorProject.org. Hi, this is Dave Gary with the Princeton Clubs. Since 1987, my team and I have had a couple of goals. Make it really simple for everyone to get started with fitness and keep our world-class facilities available at affordable rates. Well, we've done just that. And over 35 years, I've learned one really important thing. It all starts with you. If you'll decide now is the time to get in shape, we'll help you get there. I promise. At the Princeton Clubs, there's no joining fee. We keep our clubs open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and include free childcare. Our world-class facilities offer almost everything possible and are meticulously cleaned and maintained. We provide an amazing environment to help motivate you, and more importantly, it allows you to feel comfortable while you're improving your health. Now, more than ever, taking care of our bodies, both physically and mentally, it's so important. Come see why we've been voted Madison's best and favorite health club year after year, the Princeton Club, for a better tomorrow. To activate a free trial pass, go to PrincetonClub.net. Here we use a lot of F words. Food, fiber, and farming. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Yeah, and on this, the 22nd day of February, we're also talking about fighting. That's actually what's headlining our news this morning as far as the markets are concerned. Russia announcing that they are moving troops into eastern Ukraine. John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us live this morning. And that is really the driver of the markets. Give us what you know right now, John. Well, that's, you know, obviously we just stated the headline there that uh, things are starting to happen in the Ukraine. We're at a pretty much a high stakes moment right now, I would say, with that situation. And, you know, markets reacted aggressively on the overnight session. Things are calming down a little bit, at least in terms of some of the price gains. You know, obviously in the agricultural area, we're watching what happens with the wheat market. That was up over 20 cents on the overnight, jumped corn to new highs again. And we're fading a little bit here. Beans followed suit as well, also going 20 higher, challenging the old highs here from the USDA report just uh, you know a week or so ago. You know, so it's something we're really going to be watching. You know, the market's very concerned about what possible sanctions are going to happen. You know, what could be the impact on the energy market? As we also saw crude oil break to a new high on the overnight session as well. You know, there's just a lot of moving pieces right now, and and like I said, we're at a high risk moment here, and the markets are going to be extremely volatile based on the headline from moment to moment. Dow Jones Industrial Average is the one that caught me this morning, down more than 350 points last time I looked. Yeah, it was down sharply. It is coming back off its lows. Again, we're just monitoring what's going to be happening with these headlines and, you know, what's going to be the, the stakes that get put out there. You know, obviously economic sanctions are not good for anybody in that regard. So that's bringing some caution in the markets. We're seeing money flow into some of those uh, what we call safety assets, such as gold and, and the U.S. dollar and things of that nature. So those will have ripple effects across the markets in general. You know, we dealt with this a handful of years ago, uh, back when they went after the Crimea Peninsula, you know, we saw jumps in prices in terms of wheat and corn in that window. And again, it was very short-lived. Now, that's the question. Now, this has been one of the 
slowest moving, you know, here it comes type news events that's out there. And it's just been a matter of time before things seem to happen. And now it seems like things are in that place. You know, the market may have priced a lot of this in. So don't be shocked if we see, you know, overnight pops and then maybe even get some reversals today. So it's going to be something that's just going to be really edgy here for the next few uh, next few days as we follow the headlines. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, along with us. I want to remind you again, TotalFarmMarketing.com is their website. If you ever want to talk to John about anything, 800-334-9779. That's 800-334-9779. So let's pivot to commodities, John, because again, as you pointed out, double digits stronger when I walked in this morning for basically corn, beans, and wheat. Uh, that's not necessarily because of Ukraine, but it may be something about South America. Yeah, that South American story in the soybean market continues to stay extremely active. And we're watching a nice uptick in sales of old crop beans to unknown destinations, as well as new crop sales. Actually, new crop sales are starting to push the, the strong levels that we saw last year, which is going to get us off to a great start for the 2022-23 marketing year. But the biggest move has been in those unknown destinations, stepping in buying old crop beans. Typically, those are China beans. You know, normally we're in a window where the unknown sales on the books start to fall off and things start getting switched over to destinations. So that uptick tells us there's some activity in the market that the importers are concerned, obviously, with the South American you know, crop continuing to be dwindled down in terms of bushels and size. So they're looking to secure supplies, and that's just been strong in the soybean market overall as we continue to see yield reductions in those Brazilian provinces, as well as you know, concern regarding uh, what's happening in Argentina and its impact into the soybean meal sector. Yeah, I had heard that China was canceling some of their South American commitments because of that uncertainty. So like you said, it that's that's a different pattern than we've seen. There's been a lot of competition between the cash market in Brazil looking for beans for their internal processors versus the export market sending their cash prices to record highs or to you know strong price levels. So we've seen some of that action occur where China has stepped out of those beans and obviously the only place they can go is back to the United States to secure those supplies probably out of the Pacific Northwest. Interesting. Again, John Heinberg along with us on this Tuesday morning. Let's uh, pivot and talk about proteins. I uh, saw yesterday that uh, investor Carl Icahn making his presence known on the McDonald's board. He wants them to change the way that they're buying pork, namely 100% coming from farms that do not have gestation crates. Uh, You know, that's a perfect example, John, of how one individual investor can influence a huge uh, dynamic in the market. You said the hog market itself right now red hot, notwithstanding this McDonald's development. Yeah, the hog market's been just climbing on a daily basis. It almost feels like you know new high after new high after new high. In fact, you look at the April hog contract. Since the first of the year, it's picked up over $21 of value, trading at 110 or just short of that 110 level. You know, we're looking at the summer hogs now starting to push into the 120 area. That's going to be equal to where we were when we had the whole COVID situation and the lockdowns of the plants and things of that nature. Really, the only other high past that 120 point is back when we had the the PEDV issues, you know, a handful of years ago. You know, we're looking at a tight supply window. We're looking at retail values that continue to climb and are trading at historic levels, which puts a little bit of meat on the bone for the packers. So they're aggressively looking for hogs that aren't out there on the cash market side. And then on top of that, now you're seeing the technical flow and the money flow pouring into that market and continuing to push it to new highs. You know, that's one of the biggest things we're watching probably more than anything else right now is not so much the fundamentals and some of these agricultural commodities 
properties. It's just the money flow and where the money wants to be. And you get these markets that get these technical indicators and the computers step in and they start buying this market, regardless of where the fundamentals are. Brings in great volatility, great pricing opportunities for producers, but also at the same time, when things turn, things are going to turn very, very quickly. You know, and that's, I understand, uh, to try to take that risk management opportunity when you can, but all this money, does it ever make it back to the farm gate, back to our cash prices, John? Unfortunately, in most cases, that does not. You know, it's it's somewhere in the mix of the pile between the processor, the end user, and you know the middleman that's involved there. You know, we're seeing some good movement in some of these prices, especially cash hogs. Have had a nice run lately. They're still running at a you know fairly good level for this time of year. You know, but at the same time, when you look at the input side of the cost and where things are there, you know, if corn prices continue to climb. We need cattle prices and hog prices and milk prices to continue to be strong in order for that that margin to be there for our producers. Yeah, that seems to be the area that always comes up short. John Heinberg's along with us again with uh, Total Farm Marketing, their website, totalfarmmarketing.com, their number 800-334-9779. You mentioned uh, milk. Milk has been on a tear, but that's another one of those volatile markets where we can see it rush double digits, almost triple digits higher and fall just as fast. Yeah, I'm actually watching that March contract right now. Put a little bit of a double top on the charts. In other words, we went to $23 back here in January. We ran back to $23 here last week. Seemed to kind of hit a wall at, at that price point. So I'm really watching what's going to happen with the product trade. Are we getting, you know, is this a point where this market can pull back down and see, test the bottom end of the range, which is probably down about three, two, three bucks from where we are? You know, again, we're going to see wild swings in markets like that, especially one like milk where it's so lightly traded in terms of volume that prices can move around extremely quickly you know so producers got to look at those values when they got the opportunity to find a way to lock in some protection but at the same time we need that flexibility this year because we don't know where prices could be just given some of the headlines that are out there you don't want to lock yourself in and leave your leave that upside you know unsecured you want to keep that flexibility in front of you so you can take advantage of those price moves Again, if you're just joining us, uh, the headline in the marketplace is that Russia has started to move troops in to eastern Ukraine and uh, energy. That's one of the areas we'll probably see really rock and roll today, huh, John? That's going to be one of the big focus points. Like I said, crude oil did pop the new highs. We're watching what's going on with natural gas and the pipeline situation that's over there in Europe and how that comes into play. And that's going to be a pretty big driver in this market. It'll probably what happens with the energy prices being led by that crude oil market. All right. So there you have it, folks. Kind of breaking news on a Tuesday morning with John Heinberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. That website, again, totalfarmmarketing.com and toll free 800-334-9779, 800-334-9779. Thanks a bunch for bringing us all the details. John, we'll catch up with you next week. Sounds good. Have a great week. All right, John Heinberg joining us live this morning from uh, West Bend. Again, like we said, uh, the breaking news, the fact that Russia is moving troops into the eastern Ukraine. That will be the developing story for the rest of the day. We'll wait and see what happens and bring the details and an update to you tomorrow. Be safe out there, everybody. This is the Midwest Farm.